Our guest today on Vital Voices is Sandra A. Gutierrez. She's the author of a new book, Latinissimo, Home Recipes from the 21 Countries of Latin America. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us on Vital Voices today. Thank you for having me, Fred. Always a pleasure to talk to you. This is a gorgeous book. I spent some time with it last night. I can't wait to get in the kitchen with it. And one of the quotes that stands out to me among many, many in the book um, is this one. These pages are meant to be splattered with food. Although it's a gorgeous book, it's meant to be used. Absolutely. I want people to cook from it. The recipes are simple, they're practical, they're super doable. And it's it's a book that is meant to be played with in the kitchen and, you know, really um, used. Not It's not to be relegated to your bookcase. Let's start with the cover. Talk to me about the fact that corn is such a pervasive and basic part of the Latin diet. Yes. To me, corn is the backbone of Latin American food waste. It is the one ingredient we all have in common in all 21 countries. It is still one of the most important ingredients that's feeding the world. And it is, I think, one of the threads that allows for our diversity to be different while still uniting us all together into one. How is this book the first of its kind? I know it's been described as encyclopedic, and it certainly is, but... It's also a groundbreaking book. Thank you for saying that. Um, I think it's it's the the reason that it's getting so much attention is that it's a, a book for from a cook to cooks. They're everyday recipes. I did not go for any esoteric preparations, and it is a book that allows readers and cooks to take a very small leap of faith before trying new cuisines. So it makes it easy to learn 21 cuisines at the same time and uh, to express the differences in the cuisine without making it intimidating. And I think that's what makes it different. It's different from other books. It's very relatable. It's, again, very, the recipes are very doable. And the way that I've divided it is, is by ingredient. So I think all of those things make a difference. So even though it's a very large book, almost 600 pages, it doesn't read like a very large book. Uh, The sections are short, the recipes are straightforward, and I think the way the book was put together is just very, very classic. I can't wait to cook out of it. As I was reading it, I felt like you were right there in our kitchen. Oh, that's the best thing you could say to me because that's the way I like to write my recipes. I like, um, because I'm a culinary instructor and I've been teaching home cooks for over 30 years, I know my readers, I know the people cooking, and it's super important to me that you feel that I'm there with you, standing next to you, not um, nagging you, but encouraging you. The book was published by Alfred A. Knopf. I understand it was published both in English and in Spanish. That's right. It's the first time they do that. We have two simultaneous editions, and they're identical. I had a lot uh, to do with the translation. I worked hard on it, and if you read them side by side, it's like reading the same book, and that's the first time that this has ever been done. So I'm very, very excited to be able to offer the book in two languages, It includes more people in the equation, and I want not only English-speaking people to read the book and learn from it, but also a lot of um, 
Latin Americans who ourselves don't really know what our neighbors eat because our foodways are so different from country to country. Well said. You dedicated the book to your husband. I'm interested in learning how you all first met and was food involved in in that relationship early on? (laughs) Food is always involved uh, in my life. Uh, I met my husband, curiously enough, through the Rotary Club in Guatemala way back. We were both teens, and so we are uh, high school sweethearts. And there was always food involved. I used to cook for him when he came to see me at my house. Uh, I used to make uh, special pressed uh, grilled sandwiches for him that he loved. And a very good, very delicious rolled chocolate cake that was filled with Ashanti cream and topped with cherries. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) While we're on the subject of family... Take me back to your mother's kitchen or your grandmother's kitchen um, and some of the lessons that you learned from them. So my grandmother's kitchen is really the kitchen where I felt most at home. She had a staff and I was a very shy girl. And in Guatemala, when there were reunions and in my grandmother's house, it was all the time. She always had people there. As a child, you were made to go into the room And even if there were 10 people or 40 people, you had to go and kiss everybody on the cheek and introduce yourself. And I would do that very quickly and then run to the kitchen and hide there. (laughs) And the rule was that I wasn't allowed to be there with if I didn't do something in the kitchen. And and so I started cooking when I was really, really little. And I started uh, doing simple simple uh, tasks first and then you know as I grew older I got it got more more complicated so from from cleaning beans and making sure there weren't any stones there to making miniature tortillas for the appetizers to making pastry and then of course making sauces and everything else it was a beautiful kitchen Uh, it was full of joy and happiness and I enjoyed it so much that I would refuse to eat with the family and friends (laughs) I would stay with the staff and and eat with them I was it was part of the the magic for me was to spend time with them and hear all the gossip and all the fun things that happen in the kitchen. <laughs> you grew up in Guatemala, but you were born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, correct? That's right. How did you how did your family or why did your family move to Guatemala? So we were in Philadelphia because my father was getting his maxillofacial and oral surgery specialization at the University of Pennsylvania. And from there he went to Yale um, to get to do his residency. And once there, he was offered a job of a lifetime. He was asked to to join up a practice and also to stay as a professor at Yale. And he said, no, he said, I have to go back to my country and build my country. There's need there for dentists. There's need there for education. And so we returned to Guatemala when I was almost five. And my father founded the very first private dental school in Latin America, which is still ongoing today. And it's now considered one of the top dental schools in the world. And with exchange programs with all these major universities in the U.S. and Japan and all other countries. So that was the reason they went back to Guatemala. And we have always felt um, very patriotic with both countries. Yes, we love Guatemala, and we felt responsible to always give back to our two homelands. If you were serving one Guatemalan meal that's representative of your home country, what would be on that plate? <laughs> 
I think I would do the pepian de res, which is the recipe that I put in the book. Uh, pepianes are the moles sort of sauces stews that you make in Guatemala. They include uh, roasted vegetables and seeds and nuts and an element of umami. In the case of this one, it's burnt toast or bread mm -hmm. that is pulverized in the sauce and it turns it a dark brown color, but also gives it a smoky flavor. Um, and it's made with beef and potatoes and green beans. And it's just a very comfort, um, comfortable stew it, it, it embraces you with flavors that are not too complex and yet there is this depth of history in the dish that envelops you when you're eating it i think it's one of the most gourmet dishes that you can have from guatemala and yet it's very simple to make and it's eaten every day so it doesn't have to be for a special occasion as we mentioned this book covers 21 countries I'm wondering how much travel was involved in putting this book together on your part. Not as much as I would have loved. I traveled a lot during the 13 years that I lived in Latin America. And of course, I've traveled throughout um, in, the, in the other 30 years that I haven't lived in Latin America. But uh, I say not enough because the week before my husband and I were to go out on a 23-city trip just to Latin America, uh, the world shut down with COVID. And so I wasn't able to go and revisit or visit for the first time any of these places. So uh, Zoom became my my vehicle or my, my journey map, if you will. And I was able to ultimately interview and talk to more people through Zoom than I would have ever been able to do in person. Um, so, in a way, my travels were interrupted. <laughs> you can call this book Trip Interrupted. But, um, but I got much more out of, of my research. And, of course, my research has developed over the timeline of 30 years that I've been collecting recipes and reading history and uh, finding out more about how these cuisines formed. So, in, in, a, in a way, I wish I could have traveled more. And in another way, I feel that I got the best of, of, of the worst time that we've had in this world for us, at least in our generation. What would you say is the soul of this book? The soul of this book is that these are recipes that contemporary cooks from today are making at the same time that we are here making our meals um, with without any... Um, pressure with using the best ingredients, it's simple food, it's good food, and it's comfort food. And it's, um, it's, it's food that truly depicts a melting pot, a pot in which different nationalities and different cultures have melded together and made it to the plate. And each single Latin American cuisine is a different amalgamation of cultures and a different amalgamation of flavors and ingredients so that no, no two are alike. And at the same time, you give great credit to the indigenous peoples of Latin America. Absolutely. There are the ancestors uh, that built the base uh, that, that has constructed Latin American cuisine. Without them, there wouldn't be anything in, La in Latin America. You know, our ancestors were so smart. They were so 
um, brilliant, really, even though all history has painted them as ignorant, that uh, Mayans gave the world the 365-day calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, our indigenous people gave the world the number zero. Many mathematical equations come from these an- an- antique indigenous um civilizations of Latin America. And they were also responsible for learning how to pollinate corn between a male plant and a female plant to produce corn cobs, and then to turn them into viable food by nixtamalizing it, which is, um, of course, adding lime to water and soaking your, your corn in that to release the outer part of the kernel of the corn, which allowed niacin and other important nutrients to be able to be absorbed by the body. All these things that many people ignore uh, that came from our indigenous peoples in Latin America and in North America too are some that I like to um, showcase in the book because I'm breaking a lot of stereotypes with this book. I'm, I'm breaking stereotypes that not all Latin food is spicy, not all Latin food is unhealthy. Our civilizations were much smarter than people can even imagine. Um, we don't all use chiles or hot spices in our food, depending on the country that you're in. All of that is important to me. And so also the people that that conform the entirety of Latin American culinary history are important. There is so much to talk about from this book. Would you join us for another program next week? I would be delighted to join you. Thank you. Sandra, congratulations for this gift to the world. Uh, It is a magnificent book. It is a beautiful book. It is uh, a thorough book. It's an inspiring book. It's just everything that... I look for in a cookbook, and we're so proud of you for producing this for the world. Oh, thank you, Fred. That is so sweet of you to say. I really write this book for cooks. I always keep my readers and my cooks in mind when I write these pages, and I I hope that we break stereotypes and that we desegregate the cuisine of all 21 Latin American countries and open them up to the world. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us for Vital Voices. Thank you, Fred, for having me. Our guest has been Sandra A. Gutierrez, author of Latinissimo, Home Recipes from the 21 Countries of Latin America. Vital Voices is heard every Saturday morning at 7 and every Sunday afternoon at 2 here on WETS 89.5 and HD1.